Oh, I'm just going to say, Brandon, did you want to just run through a couple one-sentence descriptions of if I had a list of like 50 games <laughs> to go through? Just a list a whole bunch of games that we didn't mention and just be like, uh, I played this, but whatever. Sure. heard the best now hear the rest this is episode 225 of insert credit the only podcast where people talk about video games and occasionally our editor puts in a buzzer noise i'm alex jaffe and this week we're bringing you insert credit here's brandon sheffield and tim rogers discussion of video games from 2021 which didn't make the cut of our ranking episode this year We'll be back next week with a full panel for a different kind of special theme episode, only they don't know I'm doing that, so don't tell them. There's never been a better value. Until then, you may now load your game. Tim, I I didn't write down all the games that I played, though. I've got a list that's, uh, it just seems like glaring omissions to our list that we did not, that we didn't have. Like, it would be fun to just rip through some glaring omissions. So so you only want to do, like, really good ones? Um. Or, or ones that we definitely would have discussed? These are all games I played and I liked, and uh, for some reason we didn't mention any of them. Okay. I'm removing any one that I would be mean about, except for Metroid Dread. Oh, yeah. I'm fine with being mean about it. Oh, yeah. You want me to just get started? I'll do one real quick. Here it comes. Halo Infinite! We didn't bring up Halo Infinite, which is a huge, massive, meaty, sort of Zelda-esque uh, campaign Halo game. I mean, there's the online, the the, the versus deathmatch mode as well, which uh, we didn't bring up uh, because I don't think any of us are super competitive online players. I've tried to be in the past, though. I, I just, I, I ain't got it. I ain't got it. Though I do love the Halo campaigns. Curiously, Halo Infinite's campaign does not have online multiplayer at launch. Oh, weird. Which made me a little upset and sad because I, I was going to play through it with some friends. I just took it for granted that I was going to play it with some buddies. And then it turns out you can't. And then I was like disappointed as heck for a second. And then I was like, wait a minute. Maybe that means it's really cool. And then I played a bit of it. And it is, in fact, a big Zelda-esque Halo game. And that's kind of neat. And I feel like it's good to mention it because it got too much hate from weirdos uh, back when they announced it. Yeah, I look forward to playing that one. Back when they announced it, it looked fine. But they're, the the gamer haters, just hater gamers, were out there just yelling about it, about the graphics not looking good or whatever. It's a huge open world, and it's running at a beautiful frame rate. Like, I don't know, man. What do you want? What indeed? I think the game was good. Game was good, period. So uh, I'll mention R-Type Final 2, which oh. it feels like we should have talked about a little bit. I didn't put it in my top 20 just because I think if R-Type Final, the first one, didn't exist then our type final two would have made my list. But yeah. our type final two being less good than our type final made me not want to put it in my top 20. Uh, and that's kind of where I stand on it. Our type final two is a kind of a Fuga Melodies of Steel level of uh, it's the old stuff and it's the old timers uh, still here, still doing what they've yeah. been doing all along. They never went anywhere. I love any game with a gear shift button. I love our type final one. R-Type Final 2 got a little bit of jank to it. Yeah. But otherwise, it's beautiful that it exists. Still good, though. IMO. Yeah, people should, people should play it. Uh, next one for me, Voice of the Cards. Did you play this Voice of the Cards game? I did not. The Yoko Taro uh, card game RPG. Uh, surprisingly neat. There's a part two of it coming out very soon, which makes me wonder how many episodes there are going to be in total. Though it's it's not very long, and it's a, it's a good 
good little weird game to play. I don't really uh, have much else to say about it other than that. The end. Played The Good Life, which, you know, I feel like we got to put the sweary games on here. Oh, yeah. And um, when I was thinking of fake game awards for for these various things, I uh, was dubbing this one most Xbox 360-like game that is most likely to be diminutively referred to as a PS2 game. Interesting. But it's pretty good. But it also has, like, unnecessarily uh, not very good combat shoehorned into it. But otherwise, it's still like a hangout game, go around, do some fun stuff. It's cool. I smoked a little bit of The Good Life, and right now, as soon as you said The Good Life, I got on Twitter, I went into my notifications, and I clicked on, uh, I'm not going to say their name, and 11 other people just followed you. Or like I've been followed by 12 people during the taping of this podcast. Not really sure how this worked. Uh, I've clicked on all of their profiles. Uh, Sweary is already following literally 10 of them. That is not a joke. <laughs> so that's uh, that's my review of The Good yeah. Life, which I did smoke a little bit of. Cool game. Uh, next one is Inscription. Did you play Inscription? Is that a PC only? No, though everyone told me to. Oh, yeah. The Inscription is so cool. I need not trivialize it by talking about it. Just check it out when you get a chance. It'll be on something at some point. It is. It is quite cool. And I believe it was uh, the number one game on a couple of uh, major mainstream lists. I needn't trivialize it by uh, discussing it, and uh, we needn't uh, promote it because it's already doing pretty well. It's not no dodgeball, uh, dodgeball uh, academia. Dodgeball academia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't need our help. The one that I will trivialize by not talking about it. Excellent. Is uh, Metroid Dread. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> yep. Didn't like it. The end. That's I just I just want to say that you said on this podcast uh, a while back during an episode, you said that if anyone brought up Metroid Dread for the uh, insert credit end of the year list, you would veto it. And then I looked at the insert credit forums uh, exactly once in the last week, uh-huh. and I looked at the, the, the episode-specific threads for two episodes, and you had repeated your I will veto Metroid Dread thing three times. So I would like you to... Uh, <laughs> Now spend 30 seconds saying, uh, what's your favorite thing about Metroid Dread? You've got to say your favorite thing about it. I hate it. Okay. I hated it. Yeah. So, but I'm not, I'm not on the hook here. So. <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing about Metroid Dread is I think that the, the parry system works pretty well in the boss battles. And I think the boss battles are relatively well constructed. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I guess that's, that's, was that thirty seconds? That was, <laughs> that was pretty close. less than thirty. That's it's good enough. <laughs> it's good enough. Okay. Uh, next one that I won't. Uh, I mean, I already mentioned this a little bit earlier. I said if you want to get a, a PlayStation Five game to make you feel real proud of yourself for having a PlayStation Five, it's that Ratchet and Clank, uh, which I uh, would not glorify by putting it into a ranking because uh, it is it is technically impressive. Graphics are beautiful, um, but it's it's not really uh, super. It's not special. It's beautiful, it's gorgeous, it's big. Insomniac are technical wizards. They're making a Wolverine game, dude. I hope it's a Yakuza-like. Like, I don't know. I'd play a Wolverine. I I played all their Spider-Mans. I'll play their Wolverine. I play, anytime they release a game, I smoke it straight down. So, whatever. Uh, However, it's it's subtitle, Ratchet and Clank, uh, Rift Apart. I'm getting tired of the cheeky subtitles. It's it's okay, guys. You don't need it anymore. You just made a technically impressive game. Just, just make, just give it a normal name. Final answer. Speaking of um, not particularly unique, Far Cry Six came out. Oh yeah, uh, I played it, and it's you know it's good. It's got all the Far Cry stuff in it, but it's it's getting to the point with these open worldy kind of games where if you told me it was any of the other ones, you know, there's different stuff between them. But if you told me it was the other, like told me it was a Call of Duty trying something open world, or if you told me it was oh yeah. A first person, something else. I would believe it. You know, they're just all kind of mushing together. It's got that uh, 
It's got that actor in it. That's pretty cool. But it's also one of those games where you got this just dire and dour main story where where apocalyptic things are happening and then just immediately as soon as you get control it's like you have a pet that's an alligator and he, oh yeah he, let's go on some goofy side quests and it, it just uh the dissonance there is wild but it's a good game goofy uh, just didn't didn't need to be on the list it's just it doesn't scratch uh all of the itch i i played a bit of it because it was free with my uh uh amd ryzen 5950x processor there was a, a code for it for some reason, a free nice. code. It's like I spent eight hundred dollars on this chip, and, and now I get a free sixty dollars video game that I played for an hour. It's like it's okay. Um, I I, just, I like the Assassin's Creed games, which do all the same stuff uh, with a completely different uh, yeah format. Third and you get, you get dumb weird swords, and you get to be a Viking. I don't know. I still think if you really wanted to play another, if you could find Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which came out in twenty twenty, that's another one you should play on your PS five. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get that eventually. I'll put it on the list. And also, let's say uh, you should play Ghost of Tsushima on your PlayStation five as well. Uh, yeah, that's also on the list. There is the the PS five director's cut that came out in twenty twenty one, so it counts sixty FPS, four K. It has uh, uh, appropriate uh, correct lip flaps on the Japanese voiceover, which the original version did not have the lip flaps correct. So you got the lip flaps are all redone for the the J voiceover if you want that. English voices are excellent in that game anyway. That's a real good one to play. Uh, My next one here is a game I played a whole bunch, didn't talk about ever, uh, will never show anyone any of the footage of myself playing this game. That is Guilty Gear Strive. Oh, yeah. The, The people must not see. Uh, me playing that game by which i mean uh i'm i'm never gonna be uh, an evo winning yeah, you don't you don't want patrick miller to look at it yeah i'm never gonna well i mean i sort of do want him to look at it uh but in, oh, yeah. in a different for, for <laughs> different reasons the only person. i mean sure. uh, you know people who are following along to the lore of my youtube channel will understand this but uh yeah i'm not i'm never gonna be an evo winning fighting game player but guilty gear strive has been very exciting nice yeah it's uh the old stuff again it's the old stuff the old people the old timers are still there, still doing cool stuff. And speaking of that, next one, Back for Blood, is uh, yeah. the, the, Le- the Left for Deaders doing their Turtle Rock. thing again. And you know, it's pretty good. It's a decent, it feels like a Left for Dead campaign kind of, but I didn't really like the card system on it. Oh, yeah. At first, it, it's it's kind of like, I don't know what this does. Later, it feels like it does something, but then it comes back around again to like, I don't know if this really does anything. It's, you know, still pretty good. I wish that I could play it with my friends directly. I think that would re- dramatically change in, in my the same I could room. do that. I just haven't been with, able to. With your original yeah, Left 4 Dead friends? Uh, yeah. John Johnson? John Johnson? Yeah, J. Adam John. Goldstein? Yeah. Chris Woodard. I played a little bit of that uh, that Back for Blood, and me and my buddies who I smoke video games with, we we didn't touch that one, but we did play a bunch of Vermintide too, and then we talked about playing Back for Blood, and then we never really played Back for Blood. But I played enough Back for Blood to be like, yeah, I'd play this. It's more Left for Dead with some game modern game designy stuff kind of ladled yeah. on top of it. It's in my list of for a little bit further down. Uh, next game on my list: uh, Super Mario 3D World Bowser's Fury. Nintendo made a little miniature one stage open world 3d super mario game and released it in the year 2021 as a little bonus mode on a port of their wii u super mario 3d world uh super mario bowser's fury has like a unique character controller it's a different sort of game uh it has this weird mechanic where bowser is growing and uh you need to turn into a giant cat Mario to fight him with Goku hair. And it's uh, 
It's the most out of nowhere, weird little mini Mario. And uh, I just really wish Nintendo would do more of those. Uh, give me a weird Mario every year, man. It, it was only like three hours long. Like, that's that's beautiful. I should have brought that up on, during the show now that I think about it. Oops. It's a beautiful little thing that they made this weird little Mario yeah, that's cool. game. And it's 60 FPS. So that's great. I like a weird one. Yeah, weird ones are good. My next one is very, uh, it, I don't have that much to say. El Shaddai got a remaster. Oh, yeah. Came out on Steam. Mm-hmm. El Shaddai looked looked good back in the day and it looks good now. It looks ridiculous There's nothing now. really new. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just figured I should mention it. Is that the one where the Metatron ascends? <laughs> yeah, the Metatron goes up a little bit in that yeah, one. Okay, oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if only AAA games had gone in that direction visually, like let's try something instead of the, the let's make reality, then uh, that would be pretty cool. My next one on my list, it was on my top 10 and then it, it fell to like the, the upper 30s in one day and one fell swoop last week while I was watching Sony's Gran Turismo 7 announcement stream, mm. uh, Forza Horizon 5 was I just see. chopped with an axe such that it fell just all the way off of my list. And I'm going to explain why. Because the Forza Horizon games really kind of dig their nails all the way into this, uh, this, this Euro electro music, EDM music festival aesthetic, mm-hmm. which I find personally just quite repugnant. It's uh, it's just this this XFM radio DJ. Oi, mate, we're here in England. It's gonna be a race weekend. There's balloons in the sky. There's a Ferrari. Now it's an Australian voice, right? And it's like I put up with it because beautiful cars, beautiful graphics. But then Gran Turismo Seven, the trailer had beautiful J Jazz fusion music. Yeah, and they they, they that. showed that the god darned like main a hub for the player is not one of 16 mansions you can purchase for in-game credits but the in-game hub is a little roadside cafe nice the menu is you have a cup of coffee and you can see your currently equipped car sitting in the gravel parking lot outside through the window looks like a little frank lloyd wright prairie style architecture looking cafe maybe i didn't look closely enough don't uh architecture heads don't hit me and i'm just like that's what i want man not just sound like an old person i've been to music festivals i get it uh, it's just uh forza horizon 5 is it the best forza horizon game i guess uh i love those games uh it was interesting to see forza horizon 5 get like a 10 out of 10 from ign or whatever like it was getting the highest reviews because everybody slept on forza horizon 4 and prior to that uh, a larger number of people had slept on Forza Horizon 3, etc. The secret is now out that those games are really, really just, uh, like, I mean, hammeringly satisfying video games. And uh, the secret is out now. It's just I didn't feel the magic uh, XXXY or whatever XXXY, yeah. with, uh, with Forza Horizon 5 the way I did with 4. And I didn't feel the magic for 4 the way I did with 3. Uh, though I'm still feeling the magic. Didn't quite rub the rabbit. Didn't rub the rabbits all the way. And then I just see Gran Turismo and I'm like, yeah, it's time for me to have another Gran Turismo. And today I just, I, I bought uh, F1 2021 on Steam because uh, it's it's on sale today for some reason. It's like 20 bucks. So I bought, uh, nice. I, got my, I got my F1 2019 on my Xbox, but uh, uh, I'm just like, I, I was treating Forza Horizon 5 as a convenient uh, hub for all my cars. All my video cars are in there, right? I got my Civic. Yeah. 
I got my Subaru. Nice. I got my Supra. I got my uh, 1993 Toyota Baja trophy truck. You know, I got all my stuff in there and uh, I drive them around Mexico and feel real cool. And now it's like I'm I'm ready to just go ahead and recompartmentalize my cars, you know. So I'm yeah. ready for Gran Turismo 7 is coming out. You getting that? Probably. You it's know, com- maybe I'll actually get it because I, I didn't like it from the first one, but I have uh, listened to all the soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> dude. Those soundtracks are legit. Uh, it's yeah, coming out March 4th or whatever. It. Give it to me. It has the weirdest old man video game design stuff in it. You should watch everybody listening to this. You should watch that stupid 30 minute presentation they did about it. I was just like, dude, I'm ready. That's why I'm wearing this shirt. Uh, I'm looking over here. Looking at myself nice. on the screen over there. That's why I'm wearing this shirt. This is my Gran Turismo shirt. Uh, I've just decided literally just now. This is the shirt sure. I'm going to wear. This, If I were an Gran old Turismo man appreciation shirt. driving a car, listening to Jazz Fusion, I'd be wearing this. I need to get a big, ugly gold watch to wear too. Uh, and then that's me driving my Ferraris. Ferrari. Okay, Ferrari. my next game. Yeah, what's your next game? What you got? My next game is Solar Ash, which is... Um, oh, yeah. What I would describe it as the 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 little weird award I was gonna give it is most three D Sonic game. Oh yeah, because it's it's a game where moving around, going fast, feels great, and then the entire rest of the game is put there to stop you from doing it. <laughs> it's got it's got a lot of good stuff to it. When it's in the flow, it feels good, but mm-hmm. so much of the time, it's like, and now you will fall down to the start and you have to get all the way back up again or now it's time to slowly climb climb across this sludge when you're moving around the world and there's you're like in bouncy clouds and you're skating around feels great yeah and non-stuff i don't know so uh most 3d sonic games got the exact same problems as 3d sonic i i liked it a little bit Uh, it gave me a pretty bad headache because of all the flat all the colors it was actually a little bit I, i mean i've got this headache problem still liked it very nice smoothly performing game um, I'm pleased to see the developers of Hyperlight Drifter uh, moving so yeah, move along to something quote, quote unquote effortlessly. I'm sure there was tons of effort involved, but it it really feels like they just naturally made a, a 3D game. I mean, I also I love the th- the dithered cape. Yeah, uh, on the character that looks really oh, good. Oh yeah, just a whole lot of taste in the graphics. I would use the word it's got it's a very taste filled video game. It's tasteful. Yeah. Oh, we just got a new Twitter follower. Hold on, <laughs> Sweary is following him. <laughs> <laughs> who's this guy's got four followers why are you following oh this guy sweary okay. he has no tweets he has n- oh, literally no Lord. tweets come on sweary bizarre what's okay, your next one anyway. <laughs> uh next one age of empires 4 dude they made an age of empires yeah. 4 and it owns uh old people old timers still doing the same stuff just got to keep saying that it's on game pass again best deal in games uh that game pass is pretty good Play it with a mouse on a PC. You, you ever think about uh, making a football sim and calling it Age of Umpires? Because I sure have. Um, like a, a that would have to be a, a British soccer Age of Umpires. Wait, yeah, I, oh, uh, baseball though. I, baseball is fine. Let me go ahead and just do my next one since that one was so short, and this one is also short. Sure. No more Heroes Three. Yeah, that's on my list of I should play it. Still, god darn making those. Uh, good job making another one of those. I guess good work, Suda. Yeah, you know, good. You made another one. You, you like you want to you want to medal like a uh, good yeah. job. Like uh, you're gonna make a fourth one now. You can mow the lawn in this one. Is that it? You can mow the lawn now. You gonna make another one? You can go for it. Whatever, I'll play them. I don't care. It was interesting to play one that I didn't, uh, uh, you know, single handedly make myself. So that was <laughs> that was actually quite. A, I was like, I I 
I'm impressed that they made one without me. Of course, it's not as good as the ones I made all by myself. So that's weird. Uh, anyway, uh, next one, Brandon, yeah. for you. My next one is uh, Umarangi Generation. Oh! Um, oh! The nice. That's a good the one. The second best Dreamcast game of 2021 is what I was calling it. That's Dreamcasty as heck, dude. After Balan Wonderworld. Um, I like I like the vibes. Obviously, the vibes are are the the coolest thing about it's it. It's almost too much vibes. What I don't like as much is um how often I get stuck in geometry and rocketed in, into the sky, um <laughs> because that happens. It happens to me a lot. The devs were like, "Oh, this is a really rare bug. Can you say how you did it?" I was like, "I don't know. It happens every third time I walk up some stairs." <laughs> cool game with cool tunes and cool graphs. Yeah, it's good. I don't know. It's overall ultimately quite great. Yeah, I wish you could shoot and kill cops in it though i think that would be fun. <laughs> that's right Shoot right the up there on my list of uh games i'm glad people are making so my next one here po- pokemon oh wait were you ready <laughs> were you, no you, you go for it i think i was just gonna say the same one my next one pokemon diamond i played that pokemon diamond <laughs> remaster <laughs> it literally is my next one. Oh, it is oh nice uh <laughs> yeah uh, pokemon i mean whatever I'll I'll buy every Pokemon game that ever comes out and play it for like three hours and then probably I think quit. the thing is I think Pokemon Pearl was my fa- my first real Pokemon that I sank time into. Yeah, because it was on the DS and it was uh, yeah yeah quite a virtuoso usage of the DS hardware because the touch yeah. screen had the really like in world uh, uh, canonized like the Poke Watch thing down on the bottom mm-hmm. screen like it was it was very well done. Some of the nicest man the art in Pokemon Diamond and Pearl on ds was so good a master class in ui that held me back from liking this one as much because this just felt like they put a veneer over it and it didn't it didn't um it didn't give me anything different um, yeah i played enough of it to be like oh this rules i guess yeah that's i played enough of it to say this rules i guess i like that they uh the the ser- true series fans were upset that it wasn't uh, a full 3d remake a la the sword and shields or whatever i don't, I don't know I like the cutesy little look. I think it was good. But yeah, it's uh, they got some UI problems over there. Because Diamond and Pearl on DS, how the mighty have fallen. Diamond and Pearl on DS was a master class in video game UI. Totally. And uh, I feel like, where is that now anymore these days? That was like the where Pulseman indeed. game freak. Uh, uh, like going on overdrive with that Diamond and Pearl look. Okay, my next one is a uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate for PlayStation and uh, uh, PC. Uh, it's Final Fantasy VII Remake, but now it's in 4K and 120 frames per second, and it has a whole bunch of quality of life features. And I'm a, I'm maybe the biggest Nimrod on Earth because I done played it again, and it's got Yuffie in there now. So what yeah, do I know? I'm an idiot. Uh, kill me with it. The end. Thank you. My next one, uh, Castlevania Advance Collection. Um, yeah. Play these games again. That's that's my review of it. <laughs> oh man, I, uh, I I believe you've seen this the the photograph I dropped in the Discord chat. Yes, that's that's my Castlevania Advance collection. Indeed, I'm playing these things on the Mister on my 77 inch TV. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And I got no problems whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I mean that collection's cool, but I don't want to give Konami my money. They're dripping yeah. slippery rabbit pellets all over their legacy. I understand that. It's my most disgusting way to describe that I can think of. Next game for me, Overboard. Did you play this Overboard game? I did not. It is a murder mystery on a boat, right? First of all, great place for a murder. Great place for a mystery. Uh, Boats are just great places in general. So a murder mystery on a boat, pretty good. But what if I told you this twist? Is that you are the murderer? Oh, no, no. And uh, the whole game is about deflecting suspicion. A neat little uh, little puzzle of a game. And it 
but uh, it's a joyful little video game, and I uh, I think it was on a lot of people's top 25, top 50 lists or whatever. If you want to play a nice little visual novel-ish, graphic adventure-ish, RPG-ish game, uh, look no further. It's the kind of game that AAA studios need to be pouring uh, basically indie killing amounts of money into, now that I think it sounds sinister. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's the kind of game that uh, we need instead of Grand Theft Auto 19. That's a joke about yeah. how they never made Grand Theft Auto 6. They're making that right now, probably. Um, Ace Attorney, the new Ace Attorney. Oh, Ace Attorney Chronicles? Chronicles would have, yeah, um, yeah. What I got to say is uh, keep making them. Make, make some more of them. Yeah, those are, uh, they're getting so close to the dinnertime video game. Yeah, totally. A Capcom, if you need, if you want my advice, and I know you do, that's a joke. They probably don't. Uh, Y'all don't need my advice because you've been quite successful with the Resident Evils and whatnot. Market a foot pedal controller. <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. that is just for and then sell it alongside like the the ace attorneys you can play it with your feet while eating dinner right yeah i'm not yeah. even kidding i was actually thinking about it i've got some foot pedal things over here for uh, uh i i got i got some foot pedal things for my video editing that's how serious i've gotten with this stuff i'm quite high level um and i'm like can i play a video game with this and I'm genuinely thinking about it. I'm thinking about rigging up a foot pedal setup and doing a hands-free dinner theater uh, uh, Phoenix Ray. Yeah, do it. Because me, me and Mimsy are... Mimsy's playing through The Last of Us over here because she has never played a AAA video game, right? Or she's never played all the way through one. And I picked The Last of Us specifically because it has the perfect uh, uh, balance. We're playing it on twitch.tv slash action button once per week. Uh, just follow me on Twitch and uh, find out when we play. Um, she's playing it one chapter at a time. We're quite early in the game, so when you hear this podcast, she will not have finished the game yet, guaranteed. And uh, you know, we've just—it has the perfect intersection of short length and uh, 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 all the AAA systems. It requires her to learn how to aim with an analog stick. It requires her to learn how to craft during combat. Right, all this stuff. Scrounge for trinkets. It also has a pretty decent story. It's got all of this stuff, and it's also only about twelve hours long. Well, she's already spent about eighteen hours on it. But uh, it's uh, it's got the perfect stuff. And then I keep thinking the next thing we're going to play after that is that God darn Ace Attorney trilogy. Makes sense. And then uh, move on to the Chronicles. Cause, uh, and then that's how I'm thinking about the dinner time setup. Makes I sense. I mean, even though I eat dinner quite quickly and uh, joylessly, I still am just infatuated with this dinner time games concept. DTG. Um, how many more you got? I've got one more. Okay, I got a few. <laughs> just so, one more. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. I've got, I, I have Deathloop up here. I didn't read it. Deathloop. That game's cool. Uh, that's, yeah. Or whatever. That game's cool. I don't know. It's a million people have said a million things about it. Watch. Um, I will say the trailers made me very bored. Uh, and then there was like the final trailer that they did, like when the game came out. I was like, oh, actually, it looks like this owns. Why didn't I feel like it was uh, it was uh, not trailered well up until it yeah. came out. And then it's like, I oh, agree. this completely owns. And the game's cool. Uh, we played the game Unpacking. Do you know this game where you're unpacking boxes and just putting stuff on shelves? It was pretty good. Um, it took us a couple of hours. You know this game? I do. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's it. I mean you just you're unpacking boxes. It's like you start out and you're 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 moving to a new house and you it's in in you're a child and you're unpacking a child's bedroom and then it's a college dorm and then it's like a first apartment out of college and then I mean I don't want to spoil what you know it's like it's different phases yeah. of this unseen character's life. Um, right. And Makes you sense. get there's there's all of this storytelling stuff in the game. Looks like I have more to say about this than I thought I did. There's all this storytelling stuff in the game that is not just understated. It's it's like like as close as you can get to being unstated 
while still being understated, which I find very interesting. Like the stuff that your main character keeps when they move from one house to another, right? She has a, a, yeah. a, a certain uh, very distinctive stuffed animal that she takes with her from childhood, for example, right? Um, but it's it's all of that stuff. And then the fact that there are no explicit cutscenes with story, uh, I find that very impressive. And if you find yourself, uh, dear listener, struggling for a little tiny bit of inspiration on uh, making stuff, I don't know. Uh, check that game out. It's kind of neat. It's a it, it, it shows you a couple of neat little narrative things that uh, I have not seen executed exactly that way in other video games. The end. Thank you. I got one here which I was calling most Super Nintendo game of 2021. That oh. is Evil Tonight. Evil um, Tonight. Yeah, Evil Tonight is a is a little game from the like Strikey Sisters and whatever you you see their games on sale on Steam all the uh, not Steam on Switch all the time and you're like, "Ah, oh, maybe I should get one of those." Um but this is like a it's a uh it's a Resident Evil like game. It's got a lot of the old school design problems, but it's also pretty easy to get through. Uh, the main character is kind of annoying. Whatever, it's pretty good, though. Like well, I, I just, like when they're I play, annoying. I played through it in three nights, and, uh, and I was like, cool. I played a Super Nintendo Resident Evil. That's, that's, it's, just, it's just that. That's what it is, and it's fine. I mean, ar- arguably, you could call like, it a Super Nintendo Sweet Home. I could. Uh, uh, it actually, it, it looks, it, it's, it's got that nice... Uh, so I, I I have this game on Steam and I launched it, but I didn't really play it. This game does look cool. You can play through it real easy. It's a it's it's a it's pretty breezy. Yeah, it is definitely one of those. I saw them graphics on the eShop and uh, uh, my yes. eyeballs went boing for exactly. about half a second, and I was like, oh, I'd play that. They know how to get me. They know they know my number with graphics mm-hmm. like this. They've got a they've got a direct feed to my landline with graphics like this. I got a couple more. I don't know if you got any more. I got two or three. Oh, go for it. Hit me with another okay. one. Well, there. I, I feel like I should talk a little bit about Eastward because... Um, oh, yeah. You did mention it earlier. It was so close. Played a little bit because of Because that game, I feel like it's it's almost a, one of those dinner time games because it's it's so... Um, the, the moving around is smooth. The, the, the puzzles are so minor that they don't provide much of an obstacle um the action's pretty straightforward you switch between two characters and it's all pretty pretty fine um and i kind of like how it looks and i think the music is nice and then the story it was so um repellent to me that i stopped playing it and i would love to have that exact game but with a story that was like about nice things happening because that's what the game feels like it's trying to give you and then the story is like, no, I want to do something else. And I didn't, didn't like it. Oh, I just wanted to say I played the first uh, like two hours of that yeah. game. And I mean, I try not to toot my own horn too much, but I think I'm pretty smart at uh, <laughs> knowing what's going on in this story. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh-huh. man, I have no idea. Well, that apparently um, compounds itself. As the game goes along, the story becomes less comprehensible. My buddy Doug Jones was telling me, Doug Jones, if you're listening, how you doing? Uh, I I played Eastward when I got home uh, after that, and uh, I don't really get it. I I do like it. It looks cool. Uh, yeah, it looks know. good, and it's play it plays nice. But I'm not going to play it because it doesn't just look good. It looks it looks darn good, dude. Yep. Other games that I got here. Oh yeah, 2020 game that I should have played in 2020 because it probably would have been on my list. That's Paradise Killer. Oh yeah, PK. Whoops, I missed missed out on that one. And then uh, lastly, I have a little best music category. 
Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Unsighted, Flynn, Son of Crimson, and Get in the Car, Loser. Those oh, are, Get in the Car, the... Loser had a soundtrack meticulous. Yeah, so those are the three three soundtracks that I liked very much that um, were uh, not in the in the top 21. Very good. I think that's all I got. Yeah, that seems right. I mean, I don't know if there's any more 2021 games I would want to mention. Uh, I just can't think of any other ones. I got a bunch more that I played, but there's nothing else. Really. I guess one little side anecdote is that I, uh, I, I review or rather judge games for the Dice Awards. Yeah. And in the action category, which is one of the ones that I help judge, everyone was supposed to review two games. And um, what is amusing about that is that Ed Boon is in, he's one of the judges. Oh, that Ed rules. Boon of Mortal Kombat fame. Guy rules. He did not review two of them. We're supposed to, we're supposed to each do, I mean, we're supposed to play them all, but you're supposed to do a deep dive in which you write about um, two games. And I did three. Ed Boon was assigned two, and he did one of them. And so, uh, to the people that made Boomerang X, Ed Boon played your game. That's, that's, I, I just want them to know, because I feel like I would want to know if Ed Boon did a deep dive on my video game and played it. I'd want to know about well, that. Did he like so, it, uh, or did it, was it a deep dive of hatred? The Dice Awards have not yet been revealed, and so I, I shouldn't oh, you can't, say. Oh, can't, can't say. Oh, yeah, excellent. Say, but, was it a deep um, dive of hatred, Ed Boon? Let's get him on the show. Get him on the show. <laughs> yeah, let's get him on here. Get him on here. Uh, I think that's it. I should probably go because uh, got to do some stuff. Take the dog out to pee, for example. Oh, yeah, dogs. You got to water the dog, as they say in England. Is that how they say it? They say you water the dog, poop the dog, etc. Water the dog. Got to empty the mutt. Empty the mutt. Yes. You just tip him over. You saw my dog when I had him on the camera here, right? He's he's a good dog. He's a good boy. You know what I like is I like when I'm sitting at my desk and I'm just sitting by myself and I'm working on something and I got my headphones off and the music off. And then suddenly I just hear my dog drinking some water and I turn around and he's over there just like hunkered over his water fountain. Just to, it, yeah. the sounds doesn't bother me remarkably. And he's yeah. just guzzling and he's drinking for about as long as it would like take me to drink a, like a 20 ounce bottle of Mountain Dew Baja hmm. Blast Zero Sugar, you know, and I'm just thinking it takes him as long. Like he's 125th my size. Shouldn't it take him 125th the time? And it's like, <laughs> no. It's all about the uh, the 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 average the delivery method uh, one sip volume yeah the uh, the yeah. the volume the liquid the fluid volume per sip and so uh, I think that's God's number basically is uh, how long does it take someone to drink their equivalent of a dew you know yeah I like when my dog drinks that's all there is to it same I like when my dog does that as well he he drinks about two pints of water a day it's pretty good. Yeah, he's guzzling. He guzzles, man. We got to fill this fountain up. All he's a little god darn six pound dog, man. Yeah, he's guzzling. Ah, oh, man, nice. talking about dogs is the good stuff. I'm gonna go yeah. hug my dog after this is over. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm gonna get out of here. Let's. Uh, we'll, we'll oh yeah. Do some stuff later. Goodbye. Bye. For oh, now. here's here's one of these for you. God, what all a good right. sound. It's a good one. It's so good. It's a good one. All right, I'll talk to you later. I'm going to go. I got to right, get bye. up and cross the room to turn this off. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Well, now I'm alone. And I can say, <laughs> to my heart's content, goodbye. Hold it! Hello. I don't know if Jaffe gave a little explanation for this, but uh, Tim had the idea to try something new where we write specific essays and then try to read them aloud and we'll play them live on the podcast and react to them later. That's the intention anyway. So we're trying it out this episode. 
and we'll see how it goes. I will admit that I'm not used to reading my own writing. Tim has gotten quite good at it, but it still really trips me up. But we're going to get there, and it could be a pretty neat feature, so let's see what you think of it. I think it'll take a few episodes to evolve into what he's been thinking about, but let's give it a shot. Hello, it's me, Brandon Sheffield. Two weeks ago, during our Best Games of 2021 podcast, I made an offhand remark about Balan Wonderworld, a game in which you have an economy based on small creatures called Tims, which you literally throw onto the gears of capitalism. I figured I'd expand on what I meant by that. Tims are little creatures that hatch from eggs and live on the Isle of Tims, which is your hub world. They have distinguishing markings like stripes or different cute ears and stuff like that, but functionally, they all want to do the same two things, eat and procreate. The other thing they can be compelled to do is work, which is what they spend most of their time doing. At the start of the game, the only real structure in the island is a Conan the Barbarian-like turnstile that has the appearance of a gear. Next to that is a long black signboard that flips and makes a big clacking sound as numbers go up. To make that number go up faster, you can pick up your Tims and toss them into this turnstile, which eventually makes them push it. So that's what I meant by throwing them onto the gears of capitalism. As your number goes up, and by the way it's not clear what this number represents, but let's say it's money, more structures unlock. The sole function of most of these structures is to enable more Tims to do more work. There are little elevators that take them up into simple Rube Goldberg machines, which drop them through a series of gates and slides before depositing them back onto the ground to start the process over again. Some Tims are never released into the world, they simply exist underground, turning a giant wheel. The floor is transparent, so I can watch them work. All of this is work simply for the sake of work, because the only thing that is created out of this constant grind is a number that goes up, and then an occasional structural addition that theoretically enables more work to be done. But the apparatus itself is inefficiently designed. Tims get regularly jammed up at elevators, for example. Two of them will try to slide down a slide at the same time and get stuck for a while, causing a massive traffic jam behind them. There are regularly a dozen Tims piled on top of each other, stacked two or three high, bouncing up and down on an elevator to try to get to work, but unable to do so. Of course, after a while there is more than one elevator. There are two, and then three. But the Tims never take the second or third route. The first is easiest to slide into, so almost every Tim takes that path. The number doesn't seem to go up much faster when Tims take the other two paths either, so why should they bother? I also mentioned that Tims want to eat, but I didn't tell you that what you feed them is gems. You feed them one kind of money in order to make a different kind of money. Gems are something I can collect for free in game stages, and which Balan themselves will double if I complete their minigame. Once you feed the Tims enough to grow large, there are unique kinds of apparatus that these rich Tims can use to generate money, but they never want to do it. They're full now, and they don't want to work. They just want to procreate, which happens when you throw a medium-sized Tim at a large one. They instantly create an egg, which hatches a Tim that's too small to work, but feed them a few gems and they will become a worker and join the grind. The structure you're building is the somewhat ominously named Clock of Happiness. The name of this structure, whose purpose is never revealed by the way, keeps coming to mind as I see these little guys tolling away to make my numbers go up. There's a special platform that I can use to view the operation from all angles. It allows me to keep tabs on all my workers and is only accessible to me. Even with all that, I still don't exactly understand what it is I'm forcing them to work so hard to construct. But I have found myself, as the de facto boss of this operation, staring at the jammed up elevators, looking at my non-spinning turnstile, 
surrounded by Tim's peeping at me for gems that I don't have, and thinking, get back to work! I tossed them onto the gears and they started up again. This game may not be an intentional allegory to capitalism, but it's an effective one anyway. This system definitely came from somewhere deep inside of somebody. The game is cynical about work, bosses, and the worker all by turns. It's no wonder Yuji Naka quit after making it. Insert Credit Show is a production of Insert Credit and is hosted by Alex Jaffe with Tim Rogers and Brandon Sheffield appearing in this episode. Original music by Kurt Feldman. Editing and good looks by me, Esper Quinn. (laughs) Thanks for listening.